happening. It's all new GCR podcast. Ah, fuck. We're, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. All right, fuck it. I'm getting tired of doing these intros. You're a madman. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing the, I'm doing intros for everything. Welcome to GCR. Another new uh, podcast for you to be listening to. <laughs> I'm your host, Desi the Sith, with the Damon Llama. Christian Ventura. <laughs> like, on the radio show we were doing, I almost said Giant Contraband Robot. Here, almost said the Night Owl show. You know, it's all getting mixed up, but either way, it's all good content for you guys to be putting in your ear holes. Yeah. Know? Everything we're going to talk about happened the week of the 23rd, which happened. Um, There's a lot of, it was a lot of big news this past week. Yeah, I know. We started talking about some stuff and then uh, on Wednesday, and a lot of stuff ended up <laughs> dropping and happening on a Thursday and Friday, right? Yeah, and then with everything we do on Wednesday, on Wednesday show, we um we play music in between. We talk about music a lot more on that show. Mm-hmm. Look for the Night Out show on KDHR, on Spotify and iTunes. Um, they support that. You know, I'm not even gonna talk shit. On the off chance they stumble on the Giant Contraband Robot show, I'm not trying to. We we try to come back in 2020. Yeah, I'd be excited to do that shoot. And if we can, maybe we'll even get a live segment going. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Let us know. You guys want to see us live? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, 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 I'm the proprietor, owner, main creator of all this. Yeah. I'll stick to Twitch. <laughs> but the Night Out show on Twitch may come, will come back in 2020, though. Nice. And the first showing of that will be Christian actually playing Dragon Age. For the first time. I mean, like, <laughs> still boggles the mind that there's a lot of people who has not played. I literally had a person telling me spoilers when I was talking about Origins. And I'm like, the game has been out since I was like 20 fucking seven. No, 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 no. Pause, pause. 24, 25. Wow. So if you haven't played in a good 10, 12 years, that's on you. Yeah. That's not on me. There's literally spoilers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they literally have entire game facts that would be spoilers. There's a wiki, um, a wiki page for Dragon Age. Yeah. They're talking about Dragon Age 4 right now. Like, I'm surprised that I still don't know that much about it. I'm surprised I haven't run into more spoilers at this point. I'm still surprised I'm still dealing with people yelling about spoilers for shit that's been going on for like damn near 20 years. Yeah. But there's always going to be somebody who's new to the party. Make me go fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a mood tonight, if you, can, if you don't notice. <laughs> I want to play all the worlds, but I got homework. I still have not done a paper. That's due December 1st. Oh, my God. It's three-page paper. Oh, okay. That's not that bad, that bad. But then I post a do a proposal that's due this coming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know shit. I've been playing. I've been playing Outer Worlds all day today. Outer Worlds has been consuming you. Yes, it's it's like on the level. I haven't got this consumed by a game in a long time. Like Spider Man, I picked up and played, but it was like, I was playing it in intervals. Right, right. Like you're you're setting your time to play it. Yeah, and like I wouldn't. I have, I still. I barely just passed the. Um, no, I actually, have not finished the first DLC for uh, for Spider Man. Huh. And all of them was already out. Hey. I haven't even started. I haven't played it. <laughs> I just got the platinum. Everybody else being had the platinum. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your platinum. I got my platinum. And I'm not <laughs> even a trophy hunter at that. Yeah, yeah. I just randomly got it because I was like, I wanted all the costumes of the base game, not the DLC game. Mm-hmm. And I got all the costumes. There's some pretty sick ones in there, even in the base, though, right? Some shitty ones. Like? I need to have the game up and running to know which one. I will say this. They, uh, the velocity suit. 
Oh, I think I know which. Yeah, yeah. I hate that one. And really? Like, yeah, I hate it. It's ugly. And guess what? What? It has an action figure for it. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Marvel Legends released of the Spider-Man Velocity Suit as an action figure. Hmm. That's always like been a weird concept for me, like just the idea of the Velocity Suit, because it's supposed to make him like a lot more, for lack of a better term, aerodynamic, right? Yeah. But the whole point, of, the whole point of his entire suit design is so that way he's like cutting down on basically everything, right? But it still is just I don't like the look of the suit. There was then I now understand it's good the fact that Insomniac actually has something that they originally done mm-hmm. is now turned into an action figure that people can collect. Mm-hmm. But still, it's not a good looking suit. They could have, hell, they could have just pumped fucking the the, um, the enhanced suit with the, oh. white, the white emblem. Yeah. No, it has not grown on me. I still say fuck that suit, but still, it, that would have been a better Marvel Legend action figure. Probably, yeah. But what can you do? We're just fans. I'm you not going to buy it. But we're I'm just going to voice our, what can we do other than talk about it on a podcast and hope that somebody listens? Nah, <laughs> people are just like, you just bitching about it. Yes. Yes, I'm bitching about it. <laughs> So, here is the housekeeping for the week of the 23rd. What do we got this time? So, in downtown Los Angeles, this is a event called... Um, what the... Ah, <laughs> I can't read. Alright, here we go. So, it's called Sunday Studio with Devin Suno and the Mocha, and Mocha Teens. So, pretty much this um, Sunday Studio is a free drop-in event. Featuring art, art experiences for makers of all ages and experience levels. So if you are a novice in art, it doesn't matter if you're going to be interacting with those who are an emerging artist like myself who can create qualities of art that would be more likely shown in galleries and mocha. But I don't want to be shown in mocha or the Hammer Museum. I, I, I feel that's too, that's too high sedated for me. Really? Yes. I want to be, I want to be a street level artist. Okay. Okay. So if they approached you tomorrow and say, "Hey, we want to uh, display some of your stuff in our in our gallery," what would you say? How much am I getting paid? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, come on. I mean, you know how much the estate of oh fuck, I don't like ah, I can't talk tonight. It's a it's a it's a it's a good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit. He's a he's a very iconic artist. He passed away in the late eighties. Not Basquiat, but Basquiat knows him. Um, old white dude with the, with the hair. Madonna knows him. Glasses, sunglasses, sunglasses. The Campbell soup can. Oh, Andy uh, Warhol. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Fuck. You should have just said Campbell's man. <laughs> I know. Um, his estate is getting a shit ton of money. Really? Um, for his stuff being shown. Um, and I do know some form of inner workings of this, but that's neither here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, the program includes family-friendly tours, so you get not only get to participate in the um, in the event as well, but you can also get a tour of Mocha. Um, you can actually do some art explorations. There's live music, and a space where activities designed for just for toddlers. So you can bring your, your children in. You can create art with the kids, or you can leave them in the confines of artists who knows how to work with children. And you can go explore the rest of the event with your teens and see um, the, the museum in itself. It, um, the Museum of Contemporary Art off of Grand Avenue in downtown L.A. It is a great space. Um, a lot of eateries around. Yes. Um, the Hammer Museum is basically across the street. The Disney car, um, Concert Hall is also basically across the street. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a great, it is a, it's a great space. Um, 
So the event is on Sunday, February 2nd, 2020 from 1 to 4 p.m. Go to mocha.com for more information. Um, it's free, so you don't have to worry about paying anything. Also, another thing, in 2020, on week, every Saturday, all museums in Los Angeles is going to be fr- um, free admission. Wait, really? All, all of 2020. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't hear about that. So that is another good thing. If you want to get more yourself more immersed in art from, I don't know about the Getty, though, but I do know <laughs> Hammer, Mocha, Pasadena, um, many um, contemporary arts, LACMA, mm-hmm. mainly city-ran galleries are going to be free every weekend throughout 2020. That's really cool, though. I'm going to definitely have to go check some of that out. So definitely do it. Go out there, have fun, and get you get some culture into you. And once again, don't worry about your art level. Just go out there and create dope shit. That is my advice for anyone who wants to be an artist. Just create dope shit. Don't worry about the other person. I don't. I really don't give a fuck about other people. And your art speaks for that. Yes. <laughs> and then your art should be your voice, essentially. Mm-hmm. Not anybody else's voice, your own. Mm-hmm. How art. you choose to express yourself. And that's the entire point, right? Yeah. That's basically what, it, that's basically what art is, is your voice. So we're going to create a new segment. I'm going to love this new segment. It's called oh. Today in Stupid. <laughs> and the first one. Oh, God. This is the only one we're going to talk about. I'm not going to get on it. If, if we talk about Ghostbusters, it's going to be a tangent. It's okay. Don't, all right. First of all, Ghostbusters, that's as far as we're going on that one. <laughs> I, we're, we are excited for the, next, the one that's coming out next year. We don't have a problem with the 2016 version it's just it's good but not great yeah it's good for what we got but Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the re-sequel as you like to say that it deserved I think yeah what really is is in today is stupid is the out of left field thinking came from this Hollywood exec screenwriter of the Harriet Tubman movie Gregory Allen Howard revealed that uh LA um yes Los Angeles I'm I'm gonna trash my own fucking city an LA Hollywood exec straight out said and this is quoted the script is fantastic let's get Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman <laughs> and when somebody pointed out that Roberts couldn't be Harriet Tubman the executive responded, it was so long ago, no one's going to know the difference. <laughs> if you put a side-by-side photo of Harriet Tubman and Julie Roberts, which for the record, the article that we're actually looking at did, you can tell. I have to pause because this is just like, what the fuck? I know this was, now this was talks back around the 90s where Julie Roberts was like in everything. Yeah, yeah. It was Pretty Woman era. Everybody wanted her and everything. Yeah, so this, so this, and according to the article, this was over 25 years ago. So it makes sense. And I'm like, how can you be that fucking dense? <laughs> I think I, that's. This, is, this isn't blackface. This is just, just changing history to fit your narrative. Yeah, it's like, so wait, are you really going to pull off Julia Roberts being a slave that escaped? Yeah. Like how created the underground red roll for slaves. Right. I'm like, you are a fucking moron. 
Like that's that's somebody that just straight up didn't even know anything about the history, only the name of the person. And I'm like, I would hope that's what it is, and it's not just that level of ignorance. And the only downside is they don't mention um, who the um, Hollywood exec was. Oh, I imagine they wouldn't want to, right? They should put the air of that motherfucker out. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, he look, I'm a racist, motherfucker. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> it was so long ago. Who's gonna? Mm. <laughs> it's like who's gonna know it's like oh right because you know when they cast Abraham Lincoln they cast Vern Troyer because it was so long ago who would know the difference of how how the height was you know matter of fact no Abraham Lincoln Abraham Lincoln by Vampire Hunter is most underrated oh I, that was a really good movie I remember that one I liked it I remember the dude who was playing Abe Lincoln was up for the role of Beast really mm-hmm. and it goes to no offense to the actor who plays Beast, um, Nicholas Holt, mm-hmm. but a taller dude who's already kind of buff, I could have I could have went with them. Yeah, it makes sense. But then the MCU film started kicking off, and we got that CG Hulk, and then um, then we got even as shitty as Fantastic Four was, we had a CG thing. Yeah. Then it kicked in my head, Beast could be CG. He's probably it's probably at this point better off being handled by CG because it's like as as memorable as Kelsey Grammer was. Yeah. We're past the days of just painting somebody that's kind of swole. Yeah. The certain color and then adding the fur and have to put him in a muscle suit, which is unnecessary. Exactly. It's like it's not Lou Ferrigno. It's not Kelsey Grammer. It's like we live in the age where most people are not going to be OK with that if they did something like that. Yeah. So it, I think it would be better if you don't know those people were on a tangent because um, I do not want to be talking about that racist shit anymore. Um, it would definitely be a lot more better as a C- beast being a CG character, and I think no, I don't think. I, I hope Kevin Feige and when they do the X Men films, Beast or Hank McCoy himself is CG. Yeah, I mean they got the money for it. So. Yeah, <laughs> they're with Disney now. Like some of the scenes where Chris Evans was skinny cap. Yeah, some of it was practical. Some of it was all all that was was CG, mm-hmm. but some of it was practical. Yeah, because I'm like, all right, if you can do that, you can have where in the comic books, Beast was a stocky guy, mm-hmm. but that was not his mutant power. His mm-hmm. mutant power was he had, um, if you look at his feet and you look at his legs, that where the bulk of his mutant power went to. Yeah, it was basically like a um, picture. I guess the uh, the hobbits from Lord of the Rings, except uh, actual like human sized. Think like their feet specifically. Think a lineman in the NFL with the Hobbit feet. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. And he's a genius. Um, but then it got over enhanced when he tried to try to cure it, or not cure it, but uh, reverse the effect. Right. That was the movies. That was first class. Yeah, that was the movies. I forgot in the comic book why Beast experimented on himself. I legit forgot. I don't think he was curing himself. I think he was enhancing his powers. Mm. I think. Because that's where he got the mutation. No, I think that's how... No, he got the second mutation when he looks more like a feral animal. Like a... Instead of like eight like Beast, more like... Oh, yeah, they got... I forgot some of them got second mutations, huh? Um, Elixir, who can heal other mutants, Mm -hmm. when he was healing Beast kicked up his second um his second mutation mm-hmm. and that's why he looks more like an animal yeah yeah and then he gets another one he looks more man-like mm-hmm. 
but still, he looks like think Sasquatch, but it's more slimmer. Or what a, what a fighter's body. Or what they did to Hulk in Endgame. <laughs> yeah, but Beast is still smaller than Hulk, but more slimmer. Hulk would still beat him out like power wise, though, right? Oh hell yeah, pound for pound power. The only person who could probably go toe to toe with the Hulk, but only for a certain limit, would be the Thing. I get, yeah, that would make sense. But I mean, doesn't technically uh, like Thor has gone toe to toe with Hulk a lot. Yeah, and beat him a lot. And beat him a lot. Yeah, we they're... see it in the MCU films. He beat the Hulk. A yeah, lot. exactly. So like, to, so to say that it's like the only person. You mean the only person other than Thor? Thing cannot beat Hulk. Like I said, yeah. he only can do it for a certain amount. Like if you need him to cause a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Like I forgot what no Wolverine sliced. Um, the thing and this was the stupidest part of, it, of the of the part of the 80s was fucking stupid thing had a scar mm-hmm. chunk of his face was gone and then you see flesh under the under the stone so you know there's flesh under his stone and it was, he was deformed for a good long while and then something fucking happened to thing and then his face came um his face was reformed as a rock huh I don't remember that <laughs> like literally you just like... here's the thing you wasn't born in that <laughs> oh yeah then on top of I the literally just said 80s yeah the timeline is not there whatsoever that doesn't make any sense either I legit said 80s um, staying on the topic of X-Men but it's um, Legion director Noah Hawley I uh, Howley Howley yeah. uh, I think it's Holly. Holly. okay he created Legion I only seen one episode not a fan of Legion mm-hmm. um, there was like it's an X-Men show no it's not <laughs> it's supposed to be about Xavier's son, right? Yeah. And for what it, I would say this visually and directed in Arby Plaza. You can't be wrong with Arby Plaza. Oh, yeah. I'm still in love with Arby Plaza. Um, easily, easily one of my top, like, three crushes oh, yeah. in Hollywood. Definitely. Um, he's directing and rewriting Star Trek Four. Interesting. Very... Now... Uh, I would say this. I'm a casual Star Trek fan like I'm a casual Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. For this, now they want to keep with the Kelvin timeline, which features Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, and Carl Urban. But here's the thing, though. I think for Star Trek four, do away with um, the Kelvin timeline. We'll stick with the Kelvin timeline, but do something we haven't seen before. Yeah, you, I mean, you have an opportunity to use that timeline to basically rewrite whatever you want at this point. Um, you can um, do the next generation, which we have talked about before on the show. Which would be really, really interesting. I would like to see that. And then if anything, imagine how they could possibly set up the actual like next generation one that they're already doing. Yep. Um, or a new crew and a new ship. And also, if you notice, they did not put John Cho in the set in this cast listing. You ex- he busy with Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> he is busy with Cowboy Bebop. And recovering from that. <laughs> and recovering from, if you don't know, John Cho totally damaged his knee doing Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Now. To the point to where they had to postpone it for a year, right? Yep. Close to a year. Yep. And if this movie, it, you know, so far he's only confirmed directing and writing it. Mm-hmm. Let's say he starts production in 2020. Mm-hmm. You're not getting Sulu um, back. Yeah. 
Because when John Cho's fully healed within the new year, he's going right back to doing Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. He won't have time to do um, Star Trek IV. So I think it's time to redo... I think it's time... Use Star Trek IV as a jumping off point for your new three trilogies. Yeah. And then if they they continue, or not continue, but if they set up Next Generation, I think that would be honestly good timing for it. Yeah, especially if it's coming after the original Star Trek. If it's coming after the original, um, this this version of the original Star Trek, Next Generation would be good. Mm-hmm. D Space Nine. D Space Nine is honestly like I've always my favorite's always been Voyager. I would love to see a current Janeway. Um, I would pick Jessica Chastain as um as Janeway as Janeway. Dang, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. That would be really cool. I forgot the name of the movie she did. I think it's Year of Violence. She did a movie with Oscar Isaac, who's in, um, who's obviously Paul Dameron. Mm-hmm. She was a stone cold killer in that movie. Yeah? She played um, the wife of Oscar Isaac's character. Oh, okay. And he was supposed to be a gangster, mm-hmm. but he she was more gangster than he was. Like, he was willing to do all the business things, but uh-huh. when it came to the killing, she did it. Wow. Okay, so they they set up her ability to play a, a hard ass. Yes. And not saying that Janeway's always a hard ass, but she is like a very, She's very strong good. character. Oh yes, extremely you, strong. And if you look at everything that uh, Jessica Chastain has done, she has played nothing but, and she has said in interviews, "I want to play nothing but strong, capable, competent women." Okay, that's cool. That's that's honestly a really good uh, a really good outlook on picking your roles. So, hell, let Voyager be Star Trek Four. So wait, can I can I pose a question that we might have to then prepare and come back for for the next podcast or maybe on Wednesday? What's that? Dreamcasting of the next generation. Oh, we'll have it had to be the next it next one. Next, it had to but be the next episode. Dreamcasting of the of the main crew of next generation. Okay. I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. Not uh, wait. We I'm sorry. We could do both. I was gonna say Voyager. I meant Voyager, but now that I've said next generation, we can do both. But we both agreed on a Picard. Yeah. Picard. Um, I'm literally forgetting people's names today. <laughs> it's okay because I'm forgetting too. <laughs> um, I'm, oh. I'm after like it. It chapter two. He was Professor X. Um, James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy could straight up just be Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could be Picard. He's yeah. already shown his ability to play as Patrick Stewart, yep. and obviously he is not him, but he has his own rendition. I would like to see that. Yeah, that would be really cool. The only downside is I don't think he'll be down to chopping off his hair again. I don't know. He's pretty method. (laughs) He's pretty method, but I don't know. He's already doing um, the Golden Compass TV show that's on HBO. Well, wait a minute. It also depends on how they set up Next Generation. Because think about it. If if they potentially... Obviously, this is all hearsay. It's not confirmed, anything like that. This is just us fans. This is just... Yeah, exactly. If they set up Next Generation in Star Trek IV, what would the timeline be? They would be relatively young, right? That would be sort of young, because no, um, Picard was already captain on another ship before he became um, captain of the Enterprise. Right, right, right. So he he, he was, was already he, older anyways. Yeah, he was already well into it. Everyone was already well into their careers, except for Worf. Worf was still working with um, the Klingons before he became, mm-hmm. uh, like in a way, a... What's the word I'm looking for where you're connecting your... A bridge? A bridge between the Klingons Federation and then the Federation. Oh, a um ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. So but he was able the Worf was still be able was able to be promoted throughout Federation though, so. Yeah. 
because he ended up becoming in a way a lieutenant captain a commander in deep space nine mm-hmm. under um cisco Mm-hmm. So, you know, Cisco was not even, um, he was a lieutenant commander by the time they hit the last season, he was finally um, a captain. I don't remember that, but it's been a while since I've rewatched those. <laughs> if you're a star- hardcore Star Trek fan, you can correct me. I, I'm, cool, I'm, I'm cool with being corrected. <laughs> uh, former, the a former podcast um, partner, if I got like the slightest thing wrong. <laughs> Jump all over you on it. Correct. I'm like, I'm so I'm used to being corrected. <laughs> But yeah, some um, that would be that that'd be interesting though. I wanna I wanna see what our what our ideas would, how we would differ on like Voyager and other members of uh, Next Generation. Yeah, seven of nine. Oh, who would be seven of nine? Fuck, that would be hard. Uh, what's the uh, hold on? What's the name of the original actress again? Jerry Ryan. I'm not gonna. There you go. I'm not gonna forget about Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. Just, Thank you. Jesus. Jerry Ryan. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> coming back get, down from the cloud Stan. nine. Huh? Charlie Theron. I don't care. Theron. If she's. Uh, I don't care if she's uh, almost close to fifty. Charlie Theron. No, 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 no. That's not an issue. <laughs> she's because she's legit older than Jessica Chastain. Yeah, but I don't care. But it's okay. Wait. Yeah, I would like to see her seven of nine. She's a she's a she's a cyborg technically. So yeah, I don't care. And we've already seen her ability to play Star Trek esque roles in uh, the Orville. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just um, Charlie Theron was in the Orville. Yeah, in two episodes. No way. Yeah, she was in two episodes of the Orville. Sam McFarlane was able to get Jessica, um, not Jessica, I'm just Jessica. Charlize, Charlize Theron on TV. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I gotta watch the Orville. I only see like the, um. The... I swear, I feel like I feel like he's only casting her so much because he wants to kiss her. <laughs> he's friends with her though. Uh, is it really? Yeah. They're oh. friends. After he did that um, that Western movie, they became friends. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I feel he, like he, he made that just to meet her or something. It feels um, like that. He was he was dating the actress who um I I found out like after the fact mm-hmm. the 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 little woman who had like all this strength on the Orville. Oh wait, really? Yeah, he was dating her. Wait, did they break up? Yeah. Is that why her character is not on the show anymore? No, she said <laughs> she was she was doing a movie for um, something else. That's. And that's weird. Come to out, she was also in X Men, um, the last X Men with Dark Phoenix. She was as Dazzler. That was her. That was her. What? Yeah. Small world. Oh, actually, you want to know something else? Like, also weird tangent, but um, on the Orville too, that uh, that KJ that I mentioned, DJ uh, Black Nito, mm-hmm. he was actually uh, uh, he got a small role on that. He he had a speaking role against uh, what's it? What's his name? The the Lieutenant Commander in that show. The alien guy that's not Worf. <laughs> I have not. Seen. Oh, you mean that big, that big. Yeah, black, yeah. That's he, him. Yeah, he had a scene opposite him in, in I think, early season one. I only seen the premiere episode, and that's it. Really? Yeah, that was. Honestly, it. you know, it, it's I have a weird thing with Orville, just because it, when Orville started playing was also when uh, the CBS uh, Star Trek Discovery came out, and in a weird way. I felt like Orville was more Star Trek than Discovery was. I've been hearing about that from Star diehard diehard Star Trek fans. Even Jonathan Frakes feel that way. Yeah, because honestly, like the way the way that they they, I don't know what it is. Like the way it, it's like he he was a you could tell Seth MacFarlane had a passion for Star Trek. Oh, he's Be- a, he's a, he's I think one of the biggest nerds out there. Even though he doesn't seem like it, mm-hmm. he loves Star Wars. He loves Star Trek. You can yeah, you could tell with how he produced that show. Yeah. Because every single thing, the beat of it, the acting of it, the pacing of it, and even like the the 
the way that they play the music relative to how the scenes are going and those same kind of themes where you hear like the main the main theme of the of the songs yeah. and then tuned to uh, to go to the emotions of what's playing on in the scene. Like that specific feeling of like when you're watching Voyager or Picard when they're on planets and stuff and you're, you're seeing like what, what feels like a teledrama yeah. almost. It feels like that. And I, and I got to compare that directly to the, the version that they had, you know, which was Discovery when they were airing at the same time. Um, when I would compare them, it's like Discovery felt like what Star Trek thought its fans wanted. And Orville is what fans craved from more Star Trek because it felt like classic Star Trek, but with new, fresh, updated stuff. Yep. And on top of that, it's it. Pro- I don't want to. I, even I don't want to rate it our Star Trek. Mm-hmm. With when I'm hearing about Discovery, that's all the problems of having a, rate, a rated R Star Trek. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't. It should be a tasteful rated R, not. I can't believe I'm about to use Joker as a fucking example. <laughs> Joker is an example of how to do a DC character rated R. Yeah. Deadpool is a good example of how to do a Marvel character and Blade by extension, how to do the and Punisher. Yeah. How to do those characters rated R tastefully because it's not only key to those characters, but it's also it's not overabundant of over saturation of some what is cause it's hard R what is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I feel a Star Trek that's rated R should have certain liberties. Like, if you look at everything in Star Trek, even the J.J. Abrams slash um, the director of Fast and the Furious. Oh, I forgot his name. That guy. Um, <laughs> I don't think you guys remember. He did. He he took over. Um, when The Rock came in, mm-hmm. that's when he took over all the fat. He he did Better, um, better Luck Tomorrow with um, John Cho and the guy who played Han in to, from Tokyo Drift all the way up till his death. Oh. Spoiler! If you yes. haven't seen Tokyo Drift or any of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, it's just, yeah. At this point, I feel like you know, every person has seen at least two. It doesn't matter if they're like directly next to each other. I legit but... know a person who has not seen one Fast and Furious movie. Not even a clip. Lucky son Not of even bitch. a trailer. L- Wait, what? Yes. What? I show them a trailer and it's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I'm literally looking around like, what? What? I was like... How? And they literally say what I'm looking at. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid fun. That would also mean they have, like, never heard about anything in Universal for, like, you, for the past couple of years when they, like, hype yeah, it. They heard anything of Universal. Like, you have the, the Universal Monsters, which is not actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Mummy movies. Yeah. You have, um, technically, by extension, the Hulk. Yeah. Because that's another weird one. Before we go back on on another, on another news topic, it feels like we're already on a major tangent at this point. <laughs> it, we're might as well we're shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, because that's the show. Deal with the people. Um, Universal owns the rights to Hulk. Mm-hmm. Marvel can only use, and Marvel owns She Hulk. Marvel owns She Hulk, but Universal owns Hulk yeah. Classic. So. <laughs> The only way they can use the Hulk is he has to be included in another person's movie. Hence why he was in... Avengers. Um, all the Avengers it. movies and Ragnarok because they was using him for something else. Okay. And they co-produced the Incredible Hulk movie that Marvel came out with. The one that was Ed Norton? Yep. Okay. So... And then we forget the Eric Bana one. <laughs> Eric Bana, that was Universal's um, Hulk. Oh, God. 
Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I own it. I think I still do. I, I, it's I like, think, I, actually, no, I don't. I lost it. Going back and rewatching it, like, semi recently made me remember, like, oh, yeah, this was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, going so, back. But going on forward, so that's why the Hulk is using. So when She Hulk comes, that's why Mark Ruffalo had an interview with Kevin Feige about coming back as the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So, which means we could see that pivotal moment of Banner having to use his blood to save his cousin. Mm. which will inadvertently turn her into She-Hulk. And then we may get She-Hulk in the Marvel Universe. Oh, she's going to be in the movies. Oh, yeah? They not, that was one of the news stories that came out Oh, um, this past week. She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight will be in the MCU. Yes. I want to see who Moon Knight's going to be. That That's going to be interesting. And I keep on seeing Shia LaBeouf's name floating around. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be tied down. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Moon Knight is basically Marvel's answer to Batman, but in his own way. Mmm... It's like picture picture he, Batman if he got lost in Egypt and instead of like getting influenced by bats he got influenced by like a shaman and moon an Egyptian god an Egyptian god yeah and he is a person with a hardcore case of per, um, multiple personalities is hard yep yeah so there are some instances he is the assassin Mark Spector some days he's a rich um, he's a billionaire and then there's some days. He's a homeless man who drives a taxi. Yeah, it's a you very interesting character. You don't know who you're going to get. And I don't even know if they're going to go that route. See, James McAvoy could play that character too. Oh, hell. <laughs> oh, hell. Imagine him at like split version, but in a Marvel movie. But here's the thing, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Feige does get him. Really? Because they have exp- him and Fassbender has expressed they wouldn't mind if Feige does use the X-Men and he wants still to use their um, Professor X and Magneto mm-hmm. he doesn't they wouldn't mind coming back hmm they have expressed that before okay um that's but the, but the one thing they but the one thing they always stressed about story it has to have the story for it which yeah. I completely agree with because honestly it's like as, as fun as it is to watch the, the X-Men movies I don't really here's the thing the, only the story thing has always left me wanting and we mentioned this before they're not X-Men movies. They're mutant movies. They're mutant movies. They're just people who happen to have powers. Mm-hmm. It's story first, fantastical second. Yeah. And if there is fantastical, it's just like, look, 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 look at the fantasticism in it. I can mention, like, X-Men 1. Name one, two scenes that, that stands out to you in the very first X-Men movie. I honestly can't think of any. <laughs> I, can't, I, well, I, I honestly can't think of well, any, man. I can always, automatically Cyclops when he gets his visor taken off and he blows a hole in the Grand Central Station. Oh, actually, no, yeah. The second but, one, yeah. War, um, Gene moving Wolverine onto the top of um, the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. and fighting him fighting Sabretooth. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Man, it's been so long since I rewatched those. Um, X-Men 2. Him versus Lady Deathstrike. Wolverine versus Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. Um, X3. Isn't X2 when Storm also like does all of her shit? When do we actually start seeing Storm a lot more? Was that X2? X2 and X3. I think so, right? Because that's, that's like when I think of the later movies, that's what I think of. And uh, then obviously Jean's freak out. And X3. Jean killing off fucking Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that... That's that scene that actually sticks with you from that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those movies. 
I legit was like praising the gods of Brian Singer. <laughs> Fuck those movies. Which one's Apocalypse? <laughs> oh, don't get me started with Apocalypse. <laughs> Matter of fact, to surround the subject, X Men First Class. Low key racism. You kill off the only black powerful character, and you, Zoe Saldana, not Zoe Saldana, Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. They really. It's rare you have actresses with the two same names, but here's the thing though: mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz, she has the two dots over her name. It's like it's like, like the Russian version of her name. Zoe. And <laughs> Zoe Saldana has the Latin pronunciation of her name. Yeah, Saldana. So you get like, that little tilde over the end. Yeah. So, Zoe Kravitz. She's technically playing a Dominican character. So, yeah, she's a person of color, mm-hmm. but she's still playing a Dominican character. See, that's like when they cast a Pakistani dude to play a Japanese guy. <laughs> um, but you still kill off Darwin, the only powerful mutant, in the stupidest fucking way. How did Darwin he, die again in that? He took um, a fucking explosion and put the ball of the explosion from Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon got into... Um, the way how the did Sebastian solve powers is kind of fucking weird. So he, whatever energy he exerted out into a ball and put it down Darwin's mouth and Darwin, and he just told him adapt from this and Darwin just turned to fucking ashes. Oh, oh, I'm never going to yeah. forget that scene. He's the only black person in the fucking movie. He gets killed off first and we're like 25 minutes within the fucking movie. Storm? Storm was, Storm didn't come until about the 80s. And well, the 90s version of X-Men um, Apocalypse. Uh, damn, yeah. So I'm like, and then you get to visibly upset is what he's doing <laughs> X-Men Days of Future Past well you don't she like the 70s killed, she, gets, <laughs> she gets killed off off screen Zoe, um, Zoe Kravitz get killed off screen yeah which is fucking stupid I felt like they fridged her for no reason and then you, you don't know if Azazel and Mystique did get it on because then you get to Apocalypse you do know that's Mystique and Azazel is take. Azazel look like the red version of Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's like how else do you get a Nightcrawler that looks exactly as blue as Mystique? Not only as blue as Mystique, but also of the damn tail. Yeah. So I'm like, he's a spitting image of his father. But no, you, you don't get that anymore. I'm just like, fucking Brian Singer. And everyone involved with that fucking cast and that f- fucking production. Then you get to X Men Origins Wolverine, between First Class, between the last X Men film, then you, then before X uh, First Class. Oh, Origins the Wolverine. Only fucking good scene in X Men First Class when they when Professor X Magneto goes to him and he, Wolverine says, "Fuck, Fuck off. off." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like that's the best cameo and the best line in the movie. <laughs> And the first F-bomb to be dropped in, in any comic book movie film. And it went to Wolverine. So I'm like, well, no, because the Blade movie... I'm t- I'll say it like this. A known character, a known popular character has dropped the F-bomb. So it would be Wolverine. Yeah. And it makes sense it would be Wolverine. Yeah. Of all characters, he's probably the one most likely. And then Professor X trying to be a badass and fucking Days of Future Past. Fuck off. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Sit down. Yeah, yeah. And then that shit where he's not fully... He, he can walk because he doesn't have to use his powers. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, like if he inhibits his powers, he can walk. Like that doesn't make any sense. That that whole through line in first class, where what Magneto did to kill Sebastian Shaw, and then when he made um, Professor X paralyzed, mm-hmm. you totally erase all that emotional. Yeah, like say what you will about Matthew Vaughn, about him and his writing partner, but that emotional payoff at the end, yeah, worked. Yeah, and then you go into Days of Future and you just fucking retcon that shit. Yeah, and then on top Fuck of that, you, Brian, it's like they they did that shit just so that way they could give him some sort of conflict with like, oh, I don't want to have to use my powers or whatever. Like I like, like they try to make it so that way it looks like Professor X is having some sort of like um, throws of youth or youth or whatever. Oh, remember it's the seventies. He's not that smart yet, and he's on drugs, and he's on drugs. It's like no, like they're they're just trying to create drama in a character that honestly, like their their character would not really be. Um, what's it like attributed to those kinds of things it's um, like that's not the kind of person that X would actually be and then we go to the Wolverine the Wolverine possibly one of like it's, one of the easier upturns one of the only upturns but still I a think. downside hmm. you get that stinger at the end with him Professor X Magneto oh yeah and then you get also the other stinger that we don't get to see in the movie but they showed it him. We well, know we did get to see in the movie him opening his, his his iconic mask and suit. Yeah, yeah, we just got that little thing. And I'm like, fucking finally, did we get to see it in Days of Future Past? Oh no, we no, didn't. No, we don't. No, not at all. It's <sighs> '70s Wolverine. It's basically Wolverine that we got from uh, no, we're old Origins. Future version Wolverine, not uh, '70s Wolverine. Future Wolverine. Oh, Future Wolverine. No, wait. Was that... Future Wolverine... I thought that was Apocalypse, not Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, we see Future Wolverine. Apocalypse has Cyclops... Yes, we do see him in the beginning with... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember Now, that that suit is a mixture of his Ultimate X-Men suit. And the color scheme under the black is his um, Astonishing X-Men colors. The yellow and the blue. Uh Uh-huh. So, I'm like... <laughs> he's shrugging people he's yeah, shrugging I'm, I'm, it was like <laughs> when you hear what Brian Singer does on his sets and what he tells his actors and actresses not to do to get prepared for these X-Men roles it just makes me think it may really it gives me that turn is these are not X-Men movies these are just people who happen to have fucking mutations mm-hmm. and everybody else meanwhile that doesn't have hold on the IP can't even use the word mutants no, they do use mutants, but yeah. Well, but, they started you know, to. But they can't, like, what was that X-Men show that was on Fox? Uh, on Fox? Yeah, there was an X-Men show. It only had two seasons. Um, they used, oh. Um, oh, fuck. T- I'm going to call him T-Hawk. T-Hawk. I'm trying to remember which one. I don't remember an, uh, an X-Men one. There was an X-Men show. That it got canceled. Live action? Live action. Huh. Prime time. I do not remember that one. People then. loved it. <laughs> Apparently not enough if Anna, it got canceled though. Here's the Anna Paquin's husband, um, who was in True Blood, mm-hmm. who played Bill Compton. Um, I forgot his name. Yes. I know uh, who you're talking about. He was in the show. I think I know the na- the the title of this podcast, by the way. We can't remember shit about people's <laughs> names today. <laughs> Brain Farts McGee's. Yeah, there Ooh, you go. Brain Farts McGee's. <laughs> but um we're gonna speed this up because there's some actually some flavorful. Yeah, we're starting to get into a major tangent here, but no, like I said, this is the show. We're gonna if if, if the if we Noah Hawley created Legion, right? That in turn had us to talk about the X Men. That in turn 
That is, we was sitting here ogling in our heads, Charlie Theron, and Orville still Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. It still connects with Orville. X Men, Orville, and Star Trek all con- are connected in a way. And this has been your roadmap to our weird tangent of a mind. Because <laughs> if, if you really think about it, I wouldn't mind seeing Charlie Theron playing Emma Frost. I love how we're back on this. <laughs> but I, no, want yeah. Char- I want Charlie Theron to be cast in everything. I just want her to be in like superhero movies at some sort of capacity because I feel like she, she would do a good job. She technically, if you think about, it, she has not done a superhero film. She has not. That's what I'm saying. I would want to. I would want to see her in something. And Aeon Flux don't count. So shut the fuck up, y'all. If anyone mentions Aeon Flux, oh god, people count that. It's it's based off the anime. Yeah, but a that's, French anime, but it's still not. It's still not a comic movie, though. Yeah, it's not a comic book movie. It's an adaptation hmm. of a cartoon. Okay, so taking away Star Trek, right? And let's say taking her away from X-Men, what Marvel property or even DC property would you want Charlie Theron in? I really wanted Catherine Hahn from... Uh, I probably got the last name wrong. She was in Vikings. Okay. The I forgot her name. The main redheaded chick? No, blonde hair. She's blonde. Oh, I know. The, bad, the bad, that badass woman in Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted her to be Captain Marvel, and if not her, Charlie Theron. I don't have a problem with Brie Larson. It's just the fact that Brie Larson is twenty-seven, and she's a captain. If you're going according to age in the Air Force, you don't see twenty-seven-year-olds, and the way um, Carol Danvers is age anyway mm-hmm. in the first movie. Yeah, she wouldn't be a captain. Yeah. It would have made sense to get someone of age to be Carol Danvers. I would have really loved to sit, would have saw uh, Charlie Theron or um, How weird the woman from Vikings as yeah. Carol Danvers. Because hmm. it would have been age-appropriate, uh, age and I pictured them more as badasses. When I think of Brie Larson, my mind is going right back to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and, I, it's and, so hard for me to separate her from that. And not, and if not Scott Pilgrim, The Room. Yeah, that, that one too. That super fucking emotional movie. I'm like, yeah. God damn. Yeah, I I, I didn't watch the uh, I didn't honestly watch the room because I read the book Wait, and I didn't want to read room. Well, when room, we say yeah. the room, we think of the Tommy Wiseau movie. It's the, the okay room. Room. Yeah, I remember reading the book like years and years ago. I think I read that book way too early. Yeah. I think I read that book when I was like 12. So so it's like when they announced the movie, I was like, I already know what's going on. I don't want to watch this. Like I, the book was so good, but I, I can't watch that. Like <laughs> when you find out Brie Larson is a Pokemon fan and she's a big fan of Metroid. Like, what? Oh, yeah. I, okay. Her as Samus. See, I didn't even I could, say it. I could see her as Samus. That she would be cool. She said it herself numerous times. She would love to play Samus in a Metroid movie. That would be honestly... Oh my God! Why have not people more been talking about this? A Metroid movie would oh, be have, sick. At the time she said it, a Metroid movie would be sick. If they would have made a Metroid movie now, at the same time Captain Marvel was being made, I bet you she would more likely with this. I'm sorry, I want to play a new character in the franchise. Yeah, give Captain Marvel to someone else. I bet you, Samus, a Metroid movie would do game busters. That look would at, be look cool. At, um, Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I cannot believe I don't like Pokemon, but the fa- technically Pokemon. Detective Pikachu is the only video game movie that done well in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, that was not an immediate bomb. That and to, did not have to have an uptake and after premiere sales to, and shit. To put an asterisk on it, though. Current times. <laughs> yeah. It did well. 
that was Laura Croft Mortal Kombat was in the 90s yeah this this era we're talking about 2010s so in the 2010s so 2010 mm-hmm. to now 2020 which is coming up in the six weeks that's so weird man um Detective Pikachu is now the all-time great comic movie mm-hmm. and I know people are like what about the video, um, game, lo- movie. video game movie what about um the Tomb Raider movie that came out last year it did okay. Yeah. It, and it's getting mm-hmm. a sequel, mm-hmm. but it didn't do what people expected to. Yeah. What was her name? Alicia Vikander? Yeah. Yeah. The wife to Michael Fassbender. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And guess who came to their wedding? Who? My man, Jason Momoa. Oh, damn. He's best friends with Michael Fassbender. What? Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. That's super weird. That's like when you find out, like, well, I mean, obviously we already know, but that's kind of like when you find out that, uh, what's his name? The dude from Magic Mike is like super into D&D and then has like basically the Hollywood premiere game of D&D going on in his basement. Oh, um, um. He's married to Sofia Vergara. Oh, I know his name. Um, um John or Joe, no, no, no. Joe Manginello. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, obviously we already his, knew that. I got his damn but... baseball cap from um, Death's, um, Death Saves and his Death, um, Death Knight jacket. Yeah, because that's, uh, that's his D&D group, right? Yeah. Since um, so yeah. so we dipped into the world of DC with Joe Manganiello, who could have been a damn good-ass Deathstroke. Yeah, I've, I'm a little Fucking disappointed we didn't get to see that. that. That'd be really cool. I was behind it when I heard that. So if you've been living under a rock... We're going to go on to the next news story. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock has announced that Black Adam will be out December 21st, 2021. Or was it 2020? I, I think it's 2021. Okay, 2021. But it was more news that came out after that. What came out after that? He said, he, it looks like we're going to, he's setting up a DC Cinematic Universe in, in himself. Um, Shazam, he's not going to, we're not expecting him to go against Shazam just yet. So it's so, going to be a Black Adam standalone? Yes. So it's been confirmed it's Black Adam standalone. Yep. Because everybody was talking about like, oh, yeah, they're going to probably pull in Shazam or somebody. So, so far right now, Zachary Levi is not expected to show up in um, Black Adam. Huh. Okay. But have That's you seen Zachary Levi? Not recently. Dude is still yoked out. Still? Yes. Oh, I expect okay. him to get back down to like Chuck size. No. Yeah, yeah. So... I have an idea for a Chuck movie, but now seeing how Zachary Levi looks now, yeah, I'm at the re I'm at the rewrite I'm at the rethink this Chuck movie I have in my mind. <laughs> it's gonna go from Chuck to Buck because <laughs> I'm like, like damn, like fuck, <laughs> like like when he was like as soon as he was cast as Shazam, it was like something was like I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna have to be like Henry Cavill levels of. Um, buff. I'm like, well, all right. I mean, he did put it on pretty well for for Shazam. Most of it was a muscle suit, though. Yeah, now, that's true. If they do Shazam, well, Shazam Two is coming out, mm-hmm. and if Shazam is going to be in Black Adam, maybe as a stinger, Zachary Levi would not necessarily need a muscle suit no more. We're gonna go watch Shazam, and we're gonna be like Shadam. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can say Shadam right now. Just Google search or go on his Instagram. Dude is like, I'm like. Yeah, that means I, I I'll give this little caveat on my Chuck idea. Since Chuck, since the end of the Chuck, which is another spoiler, the end of the Chuck, his he got the intersect back in his head. Oh okay, I didn't see the, the end of it. At the first, it was gone. Okay, now he got it back. Mm-hmm. But Sarah lost her memory. 
of everything about being married to Chuck and everything oh. else with him. Okay. And, just, and the show ends with mm-hmm. them kissing and just being together in mm-hmm. the moment. Aww. And you can just make up your own mind if they stay together or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my idea was, all right, it's been years later. Chuck is still operating as an agent. Mm-hmm. And they're still together but not married. Mm-hmm. Now that he's fucking buff, yeah. you can just say everything he's done since the ending of Chuck to bring it back. He just finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to be the scrawny dumbass anymore. I'm just going to be this buff agent. <laughs> the way he always expects himself to be. Yeah, yeah. And now he's that. He's a literally superhero, a new superhero. Huh. That'd be Chuck interesting. Chuck is finally what he wanted to be, a superhero. That'd be cool. Yeah. I so can I'm see like, that. that. That is my idea for a Chuck movie. Or Two Chuck, seasons in a movie? Or a Chuck reboot series. Or a re-sequel. <laughs> a sequel series. Okay. If, look, Willow Grace can do it. Yeah. Which came back. Franz is in talks to do it. I don't think that's going to happen, man. One show I have not, I've never expected to get a, a sequel show. Mad about you, Paul. That's Reiser, getting a sequel. No, it already has a show. It already does. Out. Yeah, Helen Hunt came back. Paul Reiser comes back. They got a kid now. So I'm like, wow. If if all that's happening, can we get a third Rock from the Sun reboot or sequel? Mm, I think I have not heard anything about um, uh, Joseph Gill Lovett doing anything besides his hit record. Uh, type of thing I have yeah. not heard him in any movies or anything mm-hmm. if anything I even thought he would be in um, Star Wars Last Jedi since he knows um, uh, Ryan Johnson huh but I don't I don't picture him in the Star Wars universe honestly <laughs> I could yeah he, he's, he seems one of those actors who can I didn't even pick him to be in, in an action movie like Inception but he was in it yeah that's true that's I, would, true. I wouldn't picture him being a Batman movie and he was mm-hmm. like uh, when we got Looper. that tease yeah, Looper was Looper was cool. I just didn't like how they handled his face. He was supposed to look like Bruce Willis. Yeah, I know, but it didn't work. <laughs> eh, I liked it. I liked I liked the movie. The movie was good. My only thing was literally just his face. All the right. rest of it was pretty interesting. But the you know what got me weird? What's his? Uh, I'm sorry, going we, on we, another yeah, tangent. We're, we're definitely off our tangent. We were supposed to be saying okay. Okay, you know what? Let's just move back. Move back. I was just gonna mention Paul Dano, but it's okay. Let's go back. Paul Dano is gonna be the Riddler, though. So yes, yes, bringing it back. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on tangent. I'm off tangent. We're good. <laughs> so, according to the Rock, um, the characters featured feature in the will actually include um, the Justice Society. Now, the Justice Society is like the Justice League, which is all a rotating group of heroes. Mm-hmm. But the mainstays, the ones I primarily know. Hawkman, Hawk Girl, mm-hmm. Jay Garrett, Flash, mm-hmm. Our Man, and Star Girl, and Martian Manhunter and Power Girl. Going into those iterations. Yeah, and I think Martian Manhunter is the one that kind of like leads the JSLA, right? No, uh, technically, oh, Wildcat. Wildcat. Wildcat was also part of JSA. Remember the old dude who oh. was, who was the, the the boxer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only person who who could technically probably beat Batman in, in the hand to hand fight, except for Batman's a martial artist. Wildcat's a boxer. Mm. He's, but that's the thing. I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, and Huntress. But like I said, that was the JSA that I grew up reading. Right. Um, as a kid. So, so it's still here to here to be seen about what's going to be this version of the JSA. And also, when he said the JSA is going to be in his movie. It also brings up oh, in Green Lantern. Um, Which Green Lantern? Alan Scott. Oh, okay. Um, but here's the also here's the thing here's the thing that when you said the JSA, Hawkman is getting his own movie. Yeah, I'm actually like excited about that. 
I would not be surprised Hawkman is spinning off from Black Adam. Oh, yeah, that would work. So if The Rock is, since The Rock helped make Shazam come out first, mm-hmm. then you have Black Adam. You have the JSA, which will, oh, and Dr. Fate. We, we got about Dr. Fate. He's and, also part of the JSA. Yeah. With um, JSA being introduced in there, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said before, Hawkman, gets his, when he gets his movie, Black Adam is referenced in some form of way. Mm-hmm. Jay Garrett will more likely pop up in Ezra Miller's Flash movie, which will be directed by Annie Muschietti from oh. It 2, the It movie, the um, sequels. Um, and Martian Manor, if Martian Manor is also in, um, is in it. I, I hope so. I want a good representation of Martian Manhunter. I haven't seen that in he's anywhere in, other than actually, the... The cartoons and Supergirl. Who's in Supergirl? He's in Supergirl. Huh. I gotta start watching Supergirl now. Um, he's gonna be part of the crossover. He's on the post... Um, the human side of Martian Manhunter is, in, is on the poster. Oh, really? Oh, maybe yeah. that's why I didn't recognize him then because I'm like, I'm looking for the green. <laughs> um, that's also... We'll spin off into the... Um, spin off to that news for a bit... Um, the Crisis of Infinite Earths poster released um, during around the same time The Rock mentioned JSA going to be Man, in. You, you were not lying. A lot of stuff dropped this past week. <laughs> um, the poster looks legit. Yeah? Um, Is it know, like a group shot? or? It's a group shot. It has the Flash right in the front, Arrow next to him, Supergirl, Batwoman in the back, Cisco back having his powers. Oh, wow. I don't know how he got his powers. There is an episode. Danny Trejo was on it. Mm-hmm. This is a big spoiler for The Flash, and I'm not going to talk about that one because it was like a couple of weeks ago. So it's oh, okay. still fresh. It's still fresh, yeah. It's still fresh. But it does lead into Crisis, though. Okay. feels so, like all roads lead to Crisis right now. Pretty much all 10 episodes of The Flash is a chap- is, is is this chapter. They're doing chapters for this season of all the um, CW shows. Huh. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so these first nine episodes of The Flash is leading into Crisis. Mm-hmm. The final season of Arrow is nothing but uh, nothing but about Crisis and him making amends with different characters that was uh, on the past seven years on Flash on mm-hmm. Arrow. Um, he'll um, Stephen Mel will have his moment with Grant Gustin's Flash in the crossover in the crossover, mm-hmm. and apparently that was his last day of filming Arrow. Mm-hmm. So. And the final season of Arrow, the final episode of Arrow won't be out until 2020. Okay, so they finished, they wrapped it with that. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be releasing it as the story continues, obviously after editing and everything at this point. So pretty much in December, we're only getting three episodes. It's a five-part episode, um, five-part miniseries for Crisis. But we're only getting three episodes in December. In 2020, the last two episodes of Crisis. Wow. And Black Lightning will, will come, um, his episode, so it starts off with, um, Supergirl, Batwoman, and The Flash mm-hmm. will be the that'll be the last episode of the year. Black Lightning will, will be will, it's not a spoiler because if you see the trailers, mm-hmm. you see Black Lightning. Right. Black Lightning would be on that Flash episode. Cool. And John Wesley Ship is returning to play his Barry Allen Flash from the nineties. So he's oh, back. sweet. He brings um, Chris Williams Black Lightning to the, um, the Arrowverse mm-hmm. and tells him like this is happening. And then in the clip, this is in the trailer. This is not a spoiler. It's in the fucking trailer. Black Lightning sees his Earth destroyed. Ooh. That means his wife, the actresses who play his daughters, yeah. and his wife, they're gone. Yeah. So you'll see they'll be back because they're listed. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Williams said, I saw an interview. Um, I was lucky to see an interview he did. He was like, we are reading episodes on the next half of Black Lightning that takes place after Crisis. He's like, 
He said, I can't talk about about them. But he yeah, said, yeah. It's, it, it is a whole, it's a whole new... He said, they're sticking to their story, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But now it's the now it's changed. Everything after crisis. That's, he said, that's the only thing he could say is now everything has changed. Mm-hmm. So my hypothesis, Black Lightning is now merged as a single timeline in the same timeline as The Flash. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to for an episode, mm-hmm. The Flash can help out Black Lightning for something. That'd be cool. Because he said they um, he had to fly to Vancouver where they film a Blessed uh-huh. Arrowverse shows from Atlanta because they filmed Black Lightning in, in, in Atlanta. Right. So he had to go to Canada to film his um, episodes of the crossover. Mm-hmm. And he said every, every actor who plays a superhero, he says, they want to go to Atlanta to do episodes of Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. So apparently they are working on the um, Greg Berlanti who's creating this comic book spectrum. He... Every all the Arrowverse shows, uh-huh. he's created Titans with Jeff Johns. He's created Swamp Thing. He's creating the Green Lantern show that's going to be on HBO Max. Wow, Star Girl, Harley Quinn. He's over everything, and he has a number one movie that came out last year, Love Simon. Oh, he directed that. He directed that. Wow, he is everywhere. Wow. So I'm surprised I'm not more familiar with his name then. I wouldn't be surprised if he says we're going to more likely see all the DC characters on Black Lightning. I believe him. Damn, that'd be I really interesting. Him. So I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. That'd be pretty cool. That but, that like Black Lightning becomes that show where it's just like it's a great story and it's a great casting in and of itself. Yeah. But then you can also watch it to pepper in like all the extra little like, oh hey. You get a nod to this. You get a nod to that. Like yeah. every single character that you like at some point is on here. And it doesn't have to be huge. It's like even if it's just those small little moments. Because he said, um, the actor who plays Black Knight, he said, in our show, Flash and everyone are combo characters. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> so I was like, that's cool. Let's go. And I like his new suit. Mm-hmm. It looks comic book accurate on Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. His suit for the past two seasons of the show, mm-hmm. fucking uh, horrendous. What the like mainly black and no no no. He's um it was like think Brenda Ralph's suit as the Adam on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, that ugly ass suit. That's what they gave him, similar to Black Lightning. Oh, just horrible, just fucking horrible. And yeah. and somehow I I I fell off of, after season one of Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Season um his season three suit looks. Phenomenal. That's awesome. Um, so going from the DC heroes onto gaming, we just found out just literally today before we hit record. There is an industry insider, and now normally I do trust industry insiders because four years ago they were talking about a Ghostbusters remake. When did we get this year? Ghostbusters remake. Ghostbusters remake. Yep. Before then, there was talks about. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 coming to the PS4 and Xbox. Yes. What happened in 2018? They came out on the PS4 and the Xbox. I was right about that on the Industry Insider. Damn. This one, I'm going to go with a grain of salt, but I do believe it's going to happen. What is it? Lay it on. Remakes of Tony Hawk Skater 1 and 2. Oh, yes. In development. Maybe it just says maybe in development by Activision. Now, this is Activision. Activision, huh? If it wasn't for Marvel taking over their gaming division, we uh-huh. probably never got Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. That then, in turn, because of the sales of Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, Made we never three. got Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch. Yeah. So, maybe Activision's like, 
all right let's do this we got demo they got demos of the remade already so they're intentionally going to do it huh. i would love to see ps4 graphics but it's what they did with what capcom did with um resident evil 2 what they do Remember the Resident Evil 2 remake that came out earlier Oh, this year? yeah, yeah. They remade the entire thing and then put it out on PS4. Yeah, they, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Activision did that mm-hmm. for, two, for today's consoles. That would be cool. But if there's going to be a remake, I, I, it probably would not be on the PS4. It'll probably be PS5. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, no, I'd rather wait longer for it to be on the next generation because what's the point of putting it on the on the one that's about to go out the door? Yeah. And. I was it's gonna be a whole year until the PS5 comes out because it's PS5 should be out around this time in 2020. Hmm. So stay tuned in 2020. Yeah. So, so either way, I would I've been clamoring for a new skateboarding game. Yeah, it's been a long while. Shoot. Um, the skateboarding um the new skateboard IP that Activision was gonna do they canceled that. Oh, they did. Oh. Yeah. So fucking EA. <laughs> Um, no matter how good people are saying that uh, Fallen Fallen uh, Jedi EA, Fallen Order, look, here's EA. They can be doing something great one minute, and then just there's a shit ton of shit just coming right around the corner just to come back and just remind you a waff of shit just remind you. Oh, this is why they shit in the first place. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's this. There's another skateboarding demo on Steam, but you you if you don't have the hookup, the necessary connection to um, use a controller on the PC, uh-huh. you. And there are keyboard warriors who love to fucking play their games on the fucking keyboard. Fuck y'all. I have a PC, and I'd rather play on a fucking controller. <laughs> oh, right. you love lag input. But Input lag, though. <laughs> I do play Dragon Age Origins on the PC with the keyboard. Why specifically that game? I don't know. It seems like it fits. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know it's like an oxymoron or like, or like what the fuck. But seriously, if you really look at the tactical side of Dragon Age, yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Okay. If I'm playing a shooter or if I'm playing from playing Mass Effect on the PC, mm-hmm. if y'all don't know this by now, I own Mass Effect and Dragon Age on three different fucking consoles: PC, PS4, and Xbox, and the PS3 and the P- and the Xbox 360. I'm that fucking dedicated. <laughs> he it, plays the originals. He plays the remasters. It seems, but for Mass Effect. I feel more comfortable on a controller than I would on on a keyboard. Mass Effect on, on a mouse, you, yeah. on, on a mouse, and on a, on a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age, it it feels like it fits more tactically mm-hmm. with the keyboard okay. and the mouse. I I can I can sympathize with that because it all depends on how you're used to putting in the input, I guess. Because I do agree with you. I would much rather play Mass Effect on a console than I yeah. would on PC. But there's other things like. For example, when I started playing Left 4 Dead 2, mm-hmm. on uh, I started playing it on 360. Okay. And I played le- like that for at least a year. By after that, I finally was able to build my own PC and stuff. And then when I started playing it on Steam, I got so used to playing it on, P- on PC, I literally could not play it again on 360. Because I got so used to the way that the input is. Yeah. But again, for me, like the first-person shooters, for me, are way better on PC using a mouse and keyboard. But it also depends on the title. Yeah. Because I like most shooters, I would much rather play on PC. But for some reason, specifically things like Call of Duty, I would much rather have on, on a, an actual controller. Yep. Call of Duty, Halo. Maybe not Halo so much anymore because I did try literally today. I was I was trying to play Halo, uh, Halo 5 today and I was just like, man, I love this game, but I can't handle how slow this controller is in the reaction. Like my, my hands want to move faster than the controller lets yep. me. 
I know for me, and people's like, how can you play on PC, PS4, the Switch, um, and Xbox? I'm like, easy. that's the years of being a, a gamer. Yeah. Because it's like, I can go back easily to play on a PlayStation and remember, oh, I'm, I know Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 is a good example. You can't mm-hmm. jump off, uh, and 2, you can't get off your board. Mm-hmm. You're primarily on the board. Yeah. And you can stop, but you can't get off your board. And I'm like, that I, I can if I'm playing on the PS1 right now, I know that's the, that is what that's the mechanics of it. Yeah, I can easily go back to playing an Atari game. I can easily go back to playing a N64 game. Yeah, it's if you're playing games long enough, as long as we have, it's like we're our minds are wired to that. Yeah, and it is a big distinction to playing on a PC. Like for me, playing on the PC is still even though I had my PC for three years, mm-hmm. it's still to me is technically fresh in my head because I'm like alright I'm on the keyboard I'm looking more at my keyboard than I am on the screen well but, that that has something to be said about it then there too but then also if I'm playing Dragon Age and Mass Effect on the PC mm-hmm. I'm looking more at the game than I am on the keyboard because it's like somebody's telling me I know the choices I because I played yeah. it so much I know everything like at the back of my hand yeah I don't really need to look at the fucking like I'll, I'll look at the tutorials mm-hmm. and I already got it yeah but if like anything new I'm playing like Firewatch that's on the PC or uh-huh. um, Super Hot, uh-huh. I'm gonna I was like I'm getting acclimated on the on the on the mouse and keyboard before I start like dead focus on the game. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, I'm I'm I've been playing on PC. I used to play PC before I ever had a console, so I'm I'm used to it at this point. Yeah. But um, what what I've also noticed that a lot of people don't necessarily do with PC when they're still new to it, um, remapping. Honestly, remapping helps. Like, it will be confusing once in a while, but once you figure out your own system of how you want to remap your keys, mm-hmm. honestly, it does increase your reaction a lot, at least for me. And it could even be something simple. Like, for example, a lot of PC titles, they, they're mapped fine, but they come from console ports. Yeah. So they're just binding keys to whatever is technically close to your hand, yeah. but not necessarily the most efficient. So when you when you sometimes remap something as simple as just the reload <coughs> button, like that repetitiveness of putting it in somewhere that's a little bit more e- easier and comfortable for your own hands, makes a world of difference in that in that gaming. Because when you have to look down at the keyboard, like you're saying, obviously that detracts from you literally looking at the screen. It detracts yeah. from the immersiveness. It detracts from your reaction to the game. Yeah. But once you remap and you're used to where your keys are and where they're bound you can play on autopilot the same way you would a controller. Oh, yeah. And I would recommend, at least for like from from my own perspective, if you're if you wanna get really not necessarily good, but if you want to be more comfortable, find a peripheral that you're comfortable literally holding. Like your mouse. Like it doesn't have to have a lot of buttons, but if you want some extra buttons that you can bind on it, if you feel like you would um if you feel like in your head, for example, in a first person shooter. Yeah. Like you, you want to focus all your movement on your left hand and your gun and everything on your right hand where most of the time it's like, okay, you're moving around and then you have your reloads on your left hand because you're actually reloading off of your keyboard. Yeah. You can rebind that to your mouse and then just think, okay, as an extension, because that, that's how I have it set up on mine, I always aim my gun with my mouse. Okay. So I want to be able to reload and melee because that's everything that's physically in that one spot. I want to do all that on my mouse. So I have a key, I have a mouse that literally only has like an extra three or four buttons on it. Mm -hmm. And I just map it to those. Just my most basic functions. And just moving it to a different hand honestly helps a lot. Okay. So I would recommend that. 
that's been my tangent on PC gaming. <laughs> Just sticking around on gaming. Um, I can't wait for cyber. Now I can't wait for Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk looks so good. The only reason why I'm now playing Outer Worlds for the last seven hours before we started recording. I can now get used to just being in first person view for a game. Yeah. Because that was my one complaint about Outer Worlds. I want to be, if I'm getting all this loot and all this armor and all this helmets, I want to see myself in third person. And I remember we had this conversation. Yeah. Now playing Outer Worlds, I'm actually waiting for the Cyberpunk. I don't mm-hmm. mind. I know what my character is going to look like. Yeah. So I don't mind not being able to see my character. Mm hmm. So I'm I'm actually ready. I'm I'm ready for Cyberpunk. I'm ready to immerse myself now in more first person RPGs than I was before. Oh, nice. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't consider Borderlands that. Well, I know this isn't on the news item, but speaking of immersion and stuff like that, did you hear about Half Life Alex? I was never a Half Life fan. But just in general, what do you think about uh my, my, my question to you then would be, what do you think about Valve's move to then literally move one of their major IPs? to something as what people would consider risky as a VR environment. Having a dedicated sequel that you cannot play unless it's VR. They move their they move their platform technically. Didn't they put um, Batman VR on consoles that you can play without the use of the VR though? Uh no. No. Batman VR you have to have a PS4 headset. Huh. It's risky. To me, anything I don't like VR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't like VR, but they need to take the risk. Risking it for the biscuit shit. Fuck it. Yeah. And I think now that the Valve Index dropped, and then on top of that, they're giving the game away to people who have the Valve Index for free. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to honestly create a good amount of buzz. And I think, honestly, it is a risk. But even if Valve doesn't benefit from it, I do like that they're doing it because what, what it shows to me is for the first time, what would be considered a major video game studio is putting one of their major well-known IPs into the VR space yeah. where it's mainly been do- dominated by indie titles. And generally, I want more indie titles, <laughs> right? Yeah. I want more indie titles, but when once more mainstream distributors are starting to push their main IPs onto VR, I feel like it's going to start fostering an environment that will hopefully create... Um, more buzz and then more more game development in that space and then we'll finally start seeing like the the VR games that we really started to dream about you know yep. and I hate to cut this show off we're on a roll but something is going on that we have to cut what what's going on I gotta pee man oh <laughs> alright cut point cut point um, if this was the radio show we could just easily go on break yeah, and yeah. just come back it's all good. It's Here? all good. No, I'm cutting it. I got to I got to go. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> and am I going to keep this on the on the, on the recording? Oh, yes. <laughs> like I said at the top of the episode, we're doing it live. We're doing Bye. it live. All right. So, we will be right back. No, we're not going to be right back. We'll be right back after the Thanksgiving break. This is your last episode before the Thanksgiving break. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, damn. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, who's been listening to us so far. I'm gone. You Check out for me. Check out for me. <laughs> All right. So this has been Desi the Sith and Demon Llama trying to come at you. Uh, thank you for listening to us. And please uh, continue to support. Listen to KDHR. Uh, follow us on our Twitter and Instagram and wherever else. Desmond, would you like to put your Twitter? I'm already in the bathroom. Man. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and look up Desmond at Desi the Sith, and you can look up me at Demon Lama on Twitter. Thank you very much, everybody, and uh, have a good Thanksgiving. We'll be back.